focusing on an emerging generation of kings. In the first service, I was able to answer a couple of questions regarding um, sexuality, some of the questions that you already asked over the coming weeks. Some were already answered, excuse me, already answered in the messages. So please listen to those messages over and over again. Some, I want to pick two or so right now. Okay, but one of the things I want to encourage you to do is please pay attention to to these services. We're going to be praying. First service was something. The second service is going to be incredibly amazing as well. We're going to be praying. We're going to be extracting action points and to-dos. We're going to be taking steps. Our lives are going to be shifting. We're going to be changing and altering um, the practices and disciplines of our life, uh, our lives, as we gradually um, align ourselves with the things that we've been learning. I want you to please pay attention to this. So I'm going to read a Bible verse or a couple of verses and then I'll answer those questions. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 3 to 8. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 3 to 8. See what it says there. It says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. It says that each one of you shall know how to possess his own vessel, how? In sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust. So there are two ways to possess your vessel. You might possess it, okay, in sanctification and honor or in passion of lust. And what it means is many times there is that passion of lust. There's this thing entering in my shot. <laughs> many times there's that passion of lust which is natural, which is the default, okay? But God says there is a way to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. Are we hearing this right now? Please look at your neighbor and say, are you hearing this right now? Please look at somebody right now. Say, can you hear this right now? Oh, Minister Arch, can you hear this right now? Uh, Pastor Larry, can you hear this right now? Minister Solomon, can you hear this right now? Mo, can you hear this Right now, Esther Philip, can you hear this right now? Can 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 Iyanu all the way at the back? Everybody shout Iyanu. Everybody holler Iyanu. Say, can you hear it right now? Can you hear it right now? It says, I want to possess it how in sanctification and honor, not in passion of loss, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testify. And this is the deal. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. This is what I want to realize. When it comes to sexual sin, when it comes to sexual discipline, when it comes to sexual purity, God does not joke with it. In fact, God says that if you reject his protocols and his patterns and his plan and his program for sexual intimacy, you are not rejecting your pastor, your preacher, your teacher, your mentor, your discipler. You are rejecting God. And that is so heavy. Why? Because God says, this person rejects not man but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. God is trying to say, Beyond your personal discipline, resolution, will to do or not to do, 
the Holy Spirit has been given to you. And part of the operation of the Holy Spirit is to clean up your house, to clean up your vessel, to clean up your mind, to clean up your ideology, to clean up the things, the garbage you picked up from the wrong movies, from the wrong experiences, from the molestation, from the abuse, from the assault, from the incapacitation, from the wrong pictures that you are surrounded by as a child or in secondary school or university or post-university. It says the Holy Spirit has been given to you. Somebody shout, I have the Holy Spirit. Shout real quick, say I have the Holy Spirit. Now, holy is not the first name of the Holy Spirit. Holy is descriptive of the nature of the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of holiness. And he brings work, the work. It brings in the work of holiness in our lives. It sanctifies by the word. It purifies, it purges, it cleanses, it separates us. So as we take action steps today, please keep this in mind. You are not doing this by your power. You are not doing this by your will. This is not, oh God, I'll never do it again. No, this is God. I'm making these decisions by faith with my focus on the finished work of the cross, drawing strength from God. I will cut off the ties. I need to cut off. I will stop watching the things. I need to stop watching. I will stop being self-centered and self-absorbed and self-gratifying. And all of this I will do by your grace through the operation of your Holy Spirit in my life. I hope that answers or helps somebody. Alright, so let's take two or so questions before we bring up the preacher for the day. Um, yeah. This one says, what do you do if you choose sexual purity while dating, but discover that the act of sex isn't pleasurable after marriage? How would you navigate that space? Ma, 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 ma. This one can be very, very bad. This one can be very painful. This one can be very serious. As a matter of fact, the people who struggle with this in their marriage, and so it's not a new scenario, and there is a way around it. If you choose sexual purity whilst you were in a relationship, whilst you were caught in, getting to know yourself, and you said, God, I'm going to honor you. Let me tell you something. Because you did that, what you have said is, my trust is in God. I respect God's standards. God will not punish you for that. God will not watch you wallow in stress and disdain and ignorance and uh, dissatisfaction, right? After marriage. So what are some of the things that you can do? The same way you trusted God to keep you. You can trust God to stir you up. But a couple of things I'm going to say is this. Thank God for enlightenment. They are now sex therapists, right? And they are Christian sex therapists as well. Um, in cases where people deal with things like frigidity, numbness, paranoia, you know, based on experiences or hormonal imbalances and stuff, they are exercises, they are routines, they are even um, some aphrodisiac foods and foods that people can eat that can begin to stir up all of that. But let me just say this that the fact that maybe your first year of marriage or your first couple of months in marriage um you're not feeling <laughs> you're 
does not mean that it's a failed marriage. It does not mean that your sexuality is under attack. It could mean that that is an area of concentration. What did you do in school when you struggled with further mathematics and geography? You either dropped the course right or you got somebody to give you some tutorial classes. So there are actually things that can be done. There are, there are proven experts who work in that area. And if you need any of that, um, talk to myself and talk to PLT. We'll be able to recommend credible Christian um counselors that we believe can help you on that journey but this is one of the things i also wanted to do if you're seeing me asking that question don't forget what jesus said so do not worry about what you eat or what you will drink do not worry about your body okay he says your father knows your heavenly father knows that you have need of this thing so whilst put on today tomorrow's worries so don't get caught up in that in that space okay however let me also say this if you're single both of you are single you're together you're trying to you know work through a relationship and the person never talks about anything sexual. The person never feels sexual in any way. Um, and there is no no concerted effort to say, oh, I'm subjecting this or whatever. You might need to have a conversation with that person to say, okay, what are your thoughts about sexuality? How do you deal with sexual um, pressure? Do you feel sexual tension and the like? That will begin to give you some ideas about their level of sexual receptivity um, or the assimilation quotient or their ability to express in which way you might want to begin to tackle some of those things before you get married not by performing sexual acts but by understanding where they are and possibly even ascertaining whether they are or not <laughs> have you got that all right now another question says how long is too long to go on without sex in a marriage this is a very important question i said something last week that personally from my survey um, with christian men in different circles i've come to realize that many christian men don't feel like they're getting enough sex and um, one of the major things is that the sexual cycle of many women is very different from the sexual cycle of many men. Um, many men, many, many, many men, three and a half men. All right, <laughs> right, right. Um, so here's the deal. I think that normally say that if a marriage has gone on for six months without sex, then it's called a sexless marriage. If it's gone on for a few months without sex, then it's a sex-starved marriage okay um so one of the things that you want to realize is that most men right you can check this biologically most men have a need to release seed hallelujah <laughs> most men have a need a need to release seed between two and three times a week right um so so what it means essentially a man needs sex between two and three times a week it can get more often than that it can get a less than that now if it goes into two weeks or three weeks, then I can tell you something. That man is now engaging self-control and discipline to hold himself together. Are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> and that Paul actually recommends that instead of a man to burn, Paul calls it burning. Okay, he says instead of a man to burn, I recommend that that man should get married. So if you are single and you're already burning, fire 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 everywhere you're already burning start making plans or prayerful plans to say god send me um my partner open my eyes to see the person because for some of you the person is already around you but you're labeling the person wrong okay so what my take would be is a marriage should not go on for longer than two weeks my personal take two weeks maybe three weeks 
without some hot Holy Ghost endorsed. Amen. Some Holy Ghost endorsed. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question before I bring up the preacher. Why is masturbation sinful? It seems obvious, but some people masturbate to relieve stress, boredom, etc. If you're not lost for the thinking of someone, why is it sinful? Very, very important question. Why is it sinful? Um, I think that we already answered the question that because there are many questions around masturbation, so many, right? And there are people who endorse it, who claim to be believers and all of that. And some of us have been in scenarios before where we try to explain it away or even got to a point where we believe that i mean it's okay so i really understand that question okay or where it's coming from i should say but let's look at what we read earlier you know we read it earlier from the book of uh help me now first corinthians was first corinthians chapter six where it says the the body is the lord's it said now the body is not for sexual immorality but for the lord and the lord for the body so the body is actually for the lord we're occupying the body for the lord now um sex and i explained this about three weeks ago sex was designed to be shared not to be engaged in on a solo basis so yes whilst masturbation can bring relief yes it can but it also comes with the add-on of guilt and shame. Now, anytime there is guilt and shame in the equation, it means, right, that there is sin getting prominence in that scenario. Okay? So the question you should ask yourself is, why do I feel so guilty and, and so ashamed um, if there's nothing wrong with this? So if I feel guilty and ashamed, there's something wrong with it. But again, you know, people can find their way to shut down the guilt and the shame and all of that. But the key thing is the body belongs to the Lord. So what do I do if I feel the sexual pressure and the sexual tension? What do I do? God is the way I feel. Um, I need help right now. What else do I do? I need to find another set of habits, another set of activities. Um, I need to find something else. Deep and intense worship. Call a friend on the phone. A personal disciplines through fastings often so i gain mastery over my body and its tendencies take a cold shower um take a walk down the street jump in a swimming pool if you have one watch a clean movie listen to hours of worship or a powerful message pray in the spirit surround yourself with accountability partners there's there's still some links i'm actually supposed to share i keep forgetting to share those links i'm going to share those links in the general group so if you're not part of the general group please look out for those links so here is the deal your body belongs to god and anything that begins to take the place of god's pleasure in spite of it coming from a place of pressure then that begins to abuse of all of the sanctity and the sacredness of the temple that you are. All right, I hope that somebody got something from this. Real quick, I want us to celebrate celebrate if you got something please put your hands together right now let's thank god for this amazing series bonding dates and sex and marriage come on clap those hands come on come on come on come on come on come on can i can i can i hear from over here yeah 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 yeah, yeah. generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org 
and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.